0: Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment.
1: It is a regular day, all work and no play, until suddenly it happens. One minute you're filling your favorite coffee mug with a laugh emoji on the side with generic coffee from an old model Keurig in the company break room. You lean against the wall watching the last drips fall into your cup when suddenly everything shifts. Your blood sugar must have crashed because you are sure your head is spinning. You steady yourself and look around and suddenly the memory of Rod Sterling's voice from the old TV show comes to mind. You're about to enter another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land of imagination. Next stop, Twilight Zone. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters, both ancient and modern. Today we are discussing the back rooms. It started as fiction, but many fear that it could be a nightmarish reality. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com and be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes too. The more we get, the more we grow and hopefully the more monsters we can explore. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to CarmenCarrion at gmail.com. That is C A R M A N C A R R I O N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. Ash detested the proverbial hierarchy of high school, but the only thing she hated more was the parties that these spoiled, entitled teenagers threw to climb the ranks. She was, of course, also a teenager not quite 17 but she viewed herself as more mature and above the materialistic standards of her classmates her best friend on the other hand wanted nothing more than to be a part of the bomb crowd she had been friends with jenny since their first day of school in kindergarten jenny had been sitting alone on a swing during first recess crying and ash had offered to push her jenny had followed her around the rest of the day and they had been inseparable since but as they got older ash became more of a free spirit with an artsy style and taste while jenny drooled over anything that was considered bougie ash saw jenny heading across the commons in her direction she was practically skipping which was usually a sign that jenny wanted something that she knew ash would hate it was as if she thought being all bubbly and excited would immediately rub off on ash Ash rolled her eyes as her friend approached. Oh, what is it now? She asked. I am not going to another football game if that's what it is. I lose hours of my creative life watching meatheads play keep away with a ball. It's not that, Jenny whined. I, I mean we, got invited to a rager this weekend. Everyone who knows anything is going. Please say you'll go with me. Jenny had immediately put on the puppy eyes and assumed the begging pose with her hands clasped as if she was praying. Who is throwing this party and where is it? Well, it's a joint effort between Kylie Bell and Matt Hightower. Apparently, it is the anniversary of their first date or something, but if we go, maybe we can finally make friends with the right people. She was babbling as she talked and Ash knew that she would have to go to make her friend happy, even if it meant being miserable the whole time. She waited as if she was considering the idea. The quarterback and the cheerleader. They are so stereotypical. You do realize that they are basic, right? (sighs) Oh, Jenny sighed. You will never understand. You will always be my fan, but I need more. It would be nice to snag a hot boyfriend before I'm 30. Ash smiled deviously. I will go, but you have to promise that you will not ask me to do any more socializing for the rest of the school year. Jenny jumped excitedly. I love you. You are the best friend ever. Before Jenny stopped jumping, Ash grabbed her backpack strap and pulled. Now come on. I'm starving. Let's go to the lunchroom before they run out of fries again later that evening ash was laying on her bed listening to nirvana contemplating how she always let jenny drag her into these things maybe she should have said no this time she wasn't afraid of the normies but for some reason she had a bad feeling about this party her phone started to vibrate interrupting right in the middle of lithium her favorite song it was jenny and ash knew what she wanted before she even opened the message She had sent six pictures back-to-back of the dresses she might wear on Friday night. At the end, she texted, Pick one. I already know what I am wearing. You can't go in your torn-up jeans and boots, SMH. Ash hated dresses, and Jenny knew it, so she picked one that she could wear with her boots. Jenny sent a laugh emoji back with, Nice. You're going to wear your boots with it anyway, aren't you? and one last text that said, This party is going to be lit. Ash rolled over and hit replay to finish her song, but was asleep before Kurt Cobain could finish the last chorus. Friday night came too fast, and Ash was dreading going to the rager more than she had the second she found out about it. Jenny had arrived at her house early to make sure she applied her makeup properly and could pass her overall inspection before they left. The party was at a house on a hill on the edge of town, a place where only the upper crust lived. You had to make big money to own a two-story house in their not-so-large town. Every lot was on inside and out, and cars lined the driveway and the road. Ash could see teenagers hanging out on the porch as well as spilling out from the backyard. Most of them were holding beer cans or cups, which wasn't a surprise. She and Jenny made their way through the weed smokers hanging out on the front porch and walked right through the front door which was standing wide open. Ash didn't recognize half of the teenagers there and some of them looked older than high school kids. They had squeezed their way through the crowded house and finally found themselves standing in a huge backyard. The place was really decked out with hanging paper lanterns and a makeshift stage with a DJ next to an in-ground swimming pool. Ash caught herself wondering what it was like to live in a place so large and so extravagant. She was snapped out of her thoughts by a squealing female voice and looked up just in time to see Ginny be caught in an embrace by a red-cheeked girl with blonde hair that she recognized from the cheer squad. After exchanged hugs, Ginny introduced the girl as Shayla, and the girl gave Ash the up-down look that she had come to expect from her basic type. I know you. You're in my history class. And just as quickly, she acted as if Ash was already forgotten. Jenny, we are about to start a game of Never Have I Ever. You should come play. And then the girl suddenly turned and rushed off, and Jenny immediately grabbed Ash's hand and followed. Dragging her back into the house and through the throngs of people, they found a crowd gathering in a room that looked like a family room. This game is cool because there's no limit to how many people can play, and the rules are simple. Not to mention it's a quick way to get drunk. Another one of the infamous cheer squads was giving the instructions. She was the team redhead. Apparently they came in every flavor, Ash thought to herself. A boy that Ash didn't recognize began handing out cups to anyone who didn't already have a drink while Shayla followed behind with the biggest bottle of Smirnoff vodka Ash had ever seen filling each cup. Ash didn't hesitate to get her cup filled. She could easily just pretend she was drinking. The way the game works is the first person starts with never have I ever and fills the rest of the sentence with something they have never done. Everyone playing who has never done the action has to take a drink and it works its way around the group until everyone has taken a turn and then starts again. The game started off with the redhead saying, never have I ever made lower than an A in any class. Come on, make it more interesting than that. And I have a suggestion. Why don't we offer that if you haven't done the act mentioned, but you don't want to drink, then you can perform the act. This was coming from Trent Walker one of the football players who Ash knew to be an all-around tool. He was also a perv, and every girl in the school knew it. Everyone seemed to like this idea, and Ash didn't care because she was just playing along and trying to fly under the radar anyway. The game went on for a while, with Ash barely taking sips of her drink, but she got caught when they came around to refill everyone's drinks. Hey, you are cheating! You barely drink any of your drink. Don't you know that there's a penalty for cheating? Ash smiled, feeling a slight buzz from the alcohol she had consumed. She wouldn't let them get to her. That's fine. Name your penalty. Well, the redhead began, we could make you take enough drinks to make up for the ones you skipped, but I don't want you puking on my living room floor. She must have been thinking hard because she frowned until little wrinkles appeared on her forehead. Hey, Trent spoke up. I know what she can do. Earlier someone said they had never made out with a guy in a closet. I noticed she had to take a drink. I will take one for the team and volunteer to help her fulfill this act. Ash felt the heat rise to her face and knew she must have been bright red, but she was just buzzed enough to take up the offer. Okay, Ash said but only one minute for however many drinks I missed and I counted it was seven. The redhead looked back and forth from Ash to Trent and a very devious smile began to spread across her face. Okay but not a minute less and I will set a timer the second the door is closed. The whole group followed as the girl led the pair down the hallway until they stopped at a set of double doors. There should be plenty of room in here for whatever you need to do, she said, seeming to hold back a laugh. It's a storage closet. There may even be a lounge cushion in there that you can use. She swung the door open and Trent stepped inside. Ash began to follow but paused long enough to find Jenny's face in the group. They locked eyes for a moment and Ash could see the shame and sympathy in Jenny's eyes, but instead of saying anything, she ducked her head. Ash stepped into the closet, and the door was closed behind her. She heard a voice from the other side of the door. Trent will tell us if you don't cooperate. The clock starts now. Trent didn't waste any time. He wrapped his arm around Ash's waist and pulled her to him in a tight grip. He smelled of vodka and cheap body spray. This may take longer than seven minutes, he said just before his lips reached hers. Ash shouldn't have been surprised, but she was, and her reaction was to push him away, but when she shoved, he felt like a brick wall. She struggled until he finally began to move his mouth down to her neck, allowing her to speak. This is uncomfortable. Let's move over to the wall so I can lean back. I like the way you think, he said. His voice sounded disgustingly husky. Instead of releasing her, He picked her up off the floor and carried her to the only side of the closet not lined with shelves and shoved her against it roughly. She barely had time to catch her breath before he was kissing her again. She was nearing panic mode when she finally got herself mentally in check. She told herself, just go along with it, it will be over in a few minutes. So she did, and slowly she began to relax. This must be what it was like for actresses in movies when they had to kiss the male lead and he was less than desirable. Trent's hands began to roam, making their way up her shirt. Ash stiffened when his fingers touched her bare skin, and suddenly she began to fall backwards. Her heart seemed to stop, and for that moment so did Trent's hands and mouth as she crashed into the floor and he landed heavily on top of her. They must be more drunk than Ash had thought, because the wall had given way and the couple found themselves laying in a strange room. Ash was struggling to catch the breath that Trent's body had knocked out of her as she looked around. Trent spoke first. Did we break the wall? Ash looked behind him and shook her head, finally regaining her ability to speak and said, That is weird. Look behind you. The wall is fine. How did we get in here? The two stood and looked around. They were standing in a room with a strong musty smell of mold. The walls were covered in wallpaper that looked straight out of the 50s with yellow paisley patterns. The floor was lined with wall-to-wall yellow carpet that matched the wallpaper and the room hummed with the buzzing of rows of fluorescent lights. This episode is sponsored by Body Art Forms. I am a huge fan of body art, so I was excited when I discovered Body Art Forms, a tiny Texas company that sells body jewelry to people like me. They are a small business that have served the pierced and modified community since 2001. I found a wide selection of jewelry on their website and not just for piercings. When I placed my first order, it took less than a week for it to arrive in the mail and I was pleased with each piece. Everything came in neat individual packages. Body Art Forms is driven by three major factors. They strive to give the best customer service. They believe in careers and make sure all their employees earn a living wage. 20% of all profits go to charitable causes. At Body Art Forms can be found on all social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Pinterest. You can check out their diverse selection at bodyartforms.com. That's B-O-D-Y-A-R-T-F-O-R-M-S dot com. Just enter the coupon code FREAKY at checkout for 15% off any purchase. I could get lost in my own neighborhood. So the idea that there could be a place or places that are unknown where a person could slip or no-clip into another world or alternate reality to be trapped forever is terrifying. clip is a term related to first-person video games that refers to the ability of moving through walls, backgrounds, or characters due to glitches or cheat codes. The Backrooms is a very recent example of folklore that started on the internet, and it is still growing and expanding its mythology. Most folklore comes from a past long ago, where no one living today witnessed its beginning. Today, we will take a look at the birth of a new myth, how it began, and the roots that it has taken in culture. The Backrooms was born from the imagination of an anonymous creator who posted to a thread on the export of 4chan on May 12, 2019. The thread, which was also started by an anonymous user, asked for others to post disquieting images that just feel off. One user submitted a picture of an oddly large open room with horrible yellow wallpaper, fluorescent lights, and drab carpeting like you could find in a cheap hotel. The photo featured a Dutch tilt, where the horizon line isn't parallel with the bottom of the frame, and the vertical lines are at an angle to the side of the frame. This technique is used to enhance a disorienting or uneasy feeling in the scene. Another user contributed this suggestive description. If you're not careful, and you no-clip out of reality in the wrong areas, you'll end up in the back rooms, where it's nothing but the stink of old moist carpet, the madness of mono-yellow, the endless background noise of fluorescent lights at maximum hum buzz, and approximately 600 million square miles of randomly segmented empty rooms to be trapped in. God save you if you hear something wandering around nearby, because it sure as hell has heard you." Suddenly, with a single photo and the contribution of imagination, the Backrooms were born. The Backrooms is a creepypasta that has become an urban legend, but what if there is a place, another reality or realm of existence that is just waiting to be discovered? The Ghost in My Machine author explains further, They are a space that exists outside of reality, and as a result they do not behave the way we usually expect spaces to behave. They go on forever, they loop, they twist, they turn, they double back on themselves, they relocate and do all sorts of other things that to our minds they should not. They are said to cover 600 million square miles, but that may just be an estimate, or possibly even an analogy, the closest our human minds can get to understanding how staggeringly vast they truly are. There are many theories that surround the creation and possible current state of the back rooms. Let's take a look at some of the most popular theories. Carl Jung was a Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst in the 1800s. Jung worked with Sigmund Freud, another prominent psychologist during that time. According to Jung, the collective unconscious is made up of a collection of knowledge and imagery that every person is born with and is shared by all human beings due to ancestral experience. Though humans may not know what thoughts and images are in their collective unconscious, it is thought that in moments of crisis the psyche can tap into it. The backrooms is one of those types of concepts. Liminal spaces are wired into our collective minds as shared places and the back rooms are simply a shared perception of these liminal spaces. We are only affected by the world as we perceive it. When we fall asleep, we dream. We create a vision of this collective perception and we are pulled into it. This theory applies to the back rooms in a way that we may be dreaming that we are there. This leads us to the dream theory. This theory claims that the back rooms are a strange dream of the mind. The universe is an illusion, and the backstage would be evidence of that illusion. Another popular theory is that the back rooms are brought to life by your belief in the concept. With that belief comes the idea that the back rooms already existed, causing or creating a paradox. Some people believe that if the back rooms are real, then they were created by accident. In this theory, the government conducted experiments in quantum tunneling, and teleportation, causing the accidental creation of the Back Rooms. Ultimately, the government made use of these rooms by hiding away its failed experiments, which would explain other entities present. The idea that the world we live in, our reality, our dimension, may not be the only one that exists is mind-boggling. The Back Rooms has tapped into the imagination of the What Ifs. Parallel universes are worlds that exist on top of our own. Though they may seem similar, they are completely different. These parallels occupy the same space and have existed since the beginning of time. They spring from the idea that anything that could possibly happen has already happened in an alternate reality. This idea has been used repeatedly in science fiction movies, comic books, and games. In Marvel Comics, this concept has been introduced and continuously explored. In fact, there are 161 universes in Marvel, each with their own Earth. DC Comics has 52 universes that make up a huge multiverse. That is probably why fans find the DC world so confusing. Alternate dimensions have often been used with parallel universes, but they are very different. An alternate dimension is a separate level of existence in our world, but is just beyond our vision. This may explain why demons or ghosts can move around without being seen. When they are noticed, they seem fuzzy or staticky. The backroom's original concept has been consistently expanded over time by internet users. Different levels of the location have been created. The most common are three distinctive levels. Level 0. A maze of similar, quiet, and motionless rooms where the absence of furniture catches the eye. Level 1 Like the previous, except for some far more creepy details. Cracks on walls, mold, buzzing lights alternated by moments of complete darkness. If sounds were almost absent in the previous level, now it's possible to hear screeches, mechanical sounds, and even screams far away level two suddenly you reach this level without having taken any stair or elevator on this level the scenario changes dramatically as the subject starts being surrounded by a dark and eerie setting this level takes on the form of a long and barely illuminated tunnel with air ducts and pipes lining the walls an increasing terror overwhelms those who cross it and the more you go ahead the more unbearable the heat and the sound of machines becomes. Something is hiding through the shadow. You can feel it, and the only urge is to escape. From this level, you may suddenly exit as it occurred in the previous one. The next stop can be level 3, and the following levels, or in the worst-case scenario, one can unconsciously return to level 0 by restarting everything again an alienating endless cycle this idea of stepping through a wall or a door into another world or dimension is more than familiar it has been used in stories for as long as i can remember if you ever stayed up late after your bedtime to watch the old black and white tv series back in the 60s the twilight zone you have probably seen more than one episode that used this plot The World Next Door and The Parallel are just two episodes where you will watch as the characters slip in and out of different realities. The Parallel is about an astronaut who returns to Earth after a space mission, with no clues as to how he got there. The world looks the same at first, but soon he starts to notice that it is very different. In the episode The World Next Door, A middle-aged inventor spends his time in his basement, even though he gets nothing but ridicule from his friends and family. One day he finds a door hidden in his basement. When he steps through the door, he finds his home. But not the same. In this reality, he is a successful and respected business mogul, thanks to his inventions. If you are looking for a backrooms game, you can find a couple on the online game platform Steam. The Backrooms game free Edition and enter the back rooms. The Backroom’s Game free Edition gives you plenty of tips to survive at the start. Venture as far as you can without going insane. Check your watch every 30 seconds to remember who you are and why you’re there. Don’t look at it, and then you’re immediately dumped into that never-ending hallways tasked with staying alive enough to find the exit. Enter the Backrooms is a survival horror game that takes place in the infinite maze of rooms. Throughout the games, the Backrooms gnaws away at your sanity, resulting in unexplainable sights, sounds, and experiences. To survive, you must meditate to regain your sanity before you succumb to the psychological effects of the Backrooms. As you wander the endless expanse of humming lights, stained carpet, and old wallpaper, you can find paths to new levels. Evade corrupted entities and empower yourself with artifacts. If you find yourself in the Back Rooms in real life, remember that you are probably not alone. If you run into other entities, they will most likely not be human, even if they once were. Some may look human at first, but don't let your guard down. The Back Rooms has a way of changing who and what you are. There is no safe place in the back rooms. The only way to stay safe is to get out.
0: This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters, murder, mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. on iOS and Android. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
1: Ash turned back to the wall that they had fallen through, running her hands around the wallpaper looking for a lever or crease, trying to figure out how they had opened it. But she found nothing. The wall was smooth. There wasn't even a line between the rows of wallpaper. Trent began searching, too, and when they both failed to find anything, he looked at Ash and said with a smile and a wink, I guess we'll have to find another way out, but don't think that this is over. Ash rolled her eyes and headed to a doorway on the opposite side of the room. It was just an open doorway with no attached door, and as they walked through, they were immediately struck by the resemblance to the previous room. They were identical, or seemed to be. The only difference was that the next door was on the wall to the left. Walking through the next door, they found another room and more of the same carpet and wallpaper. They continued to walk through the doors and each time found the same room over and over until Ash was beginning to get scared. She jumped when Trent suddenly started beating on the wall behind her. Hey! Get us out of here! This isn't funny, you guys! He stopped to listen for a response, but all they could hear was buzzing. Ash put her hand on Trent's shoulder. Come on, let's go back where we started. There has to be a way out. So they began to backtrack, but immediately noticed something was wrong. The doors had moved. They. seemed to be on different sides than they were before. It was beginning to feel like they were going in circles. This is wrong, Trent groaned, as he entered another room with Ash right behind him. I know I didn't. But his words trailed off as he stopped, and Ash crashed into his back. What the hell? Ash began to complain, but Trent stopped her. Shh! Did you hear that? They both stood still and quietly listened. Ash held her breath to quiet the noise in her ears. She was about to tell him he was imagining things when she heard it. There was a scraping sound coming from somewhere. If they followed it, maybe they could find a way out. Quietly with Ash leading the way, they began to follow the sound. Two more rooms away, they found themselves staring at the back of a man or a boy, It was hard to tell from behind. He was thin and hunkered over. Looking at him from behind made Ash think of Jim Morrison from the doors. His hair was dark and shaggy, and his clothing was extremely out of date, and looked like he had been wearing them since the day they were made in the 1960s. His appearance was not the oddest thing about him, but what he was doing had them both frozen, staring in shock. He was digging at the wallpaper and had been for some time. There were long bloody grooves in the paper where he had dug. Embedded in the grooves, they could clearly see bits of fingernail and flesh. Trent was the first to take action. He walked right up behind the guy and grabbed his shoulder to spin him around. But he immediately regretted it. The man turned with a hiss and wrapped his bloody fingers with bare bones at the tips right around Trent's throat. Ash watched as the frail-looking creature overpowered the big football player and knocked him to the ground where he pinned him on the floor. Trent tried to push him off, but was no match for his strength. Ash stepped forward to give the man a kick in the side, but froze when he looked up at her and growled. He didn't look like a man, His eyes were abnormally large and black, bulging out past his cheeks. His hair parted down the middle. She could see where the skin had once been, but had been peeled away to reveal two antennae dangling from his scalp. His mouth was gone, and in its place were two jagged fangs that looked like pincers. Ash was staring into the face of a giant insect humanoid creature. A wave of disbelief, shock, and pure terror sent her stumbling back and she fell to the floor as the creature turned back to Trent and sunk its fangs into his neck. Trent screamed in pain as the monster ripped a hole in his flesh and pulled out a big chunk. Ash sat frozen in horror as she watched the giant bug feed on Trent as he lay jerking in the floor. When his movements faded to a twitch, and finally stopped altogether, she sprang to her feet and ran from the room. Ash ran through the repeating rooms, but they never seemed to end. She ran until she was exhausted and finally stopped to catch her breath. With her hands on her knees, the reality of what she had just seen hit her, and she began to cry, but only for a moment. She could hear scraping coming from somewhere. And it was getting closer and closer. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to ericast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Tales from the Breakroom and Redwood Bureau. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. Tune in next week as we talk about The Succubus a female demon that preys on sleeping men. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one.
0: Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime.